This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris I don't think I got a chance to tell you guys with all my excitement about Project Chaos, I tore my rotator cuff. Not good. I think I did mention that I fell on the ice. It was probably about three weeks ago now. And my shoulder was tweaked, which I knew, but uh, I had no idea the level of it. And uh, anyway, it looks like it's a minor tear, but the, the prognosis, the time to heal on this is forever, huh? And I'm not really worried about it, but the problem is it's preventing me from doing push-ups. Not happy about that. What a crazy thing for me, not being able to do push-ups, I can't tell you. We'll get over it. (laughs) Let's talk about security a little bit. We were going to talk about security a little bit yesterday. But somehow you got me sidetracked with all your questions, if if you don't recall. That's my story anyway, and that's what I'm, I'm sticking to. What are the threats going on right now? Wow. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Well, let me back up a second. Let me back up a second. I wanted to make a big point in all this that I think that you have to take into account. It's an election year. Everything goes bonkers on an election year, all the way down to the weather. Case in point, my buddy Big Mike, he's probably going to, be here by the time you're listening to this. Get, I don't know, I think I mentioned to you guys that I stay very hyper aware of what goes on with the weather, down to paving temperatures and things like that. And I get these reports. So about Wednesday, I get this very weird report that, you know, it could be massive, potentially massive storm. I think it's going to be maybe an inch if we're lucky. I knew it wouldn't be potentially massive because the temperatures were too warm. You can't, not that you can't, I guess. It just takes a lot for the conditions to shift that dramatically. We've been 60 degrees here. The ground's not even frozen. That's the first step. Now, you could have a you know, sub-zero cold front with winds blow in and cool that down pretty doggone quickly. No doubt, no doubt. But for all intent and purpose, not the case. Anyway, it went from, we're seeing something very disturbing to, eh, looks like about an inch. <laughs> and I think we're going to see a lot of that leading up to the election. The border, nuclear war, civil war, civil unrest, the nasty white people, <laughs> the crazy MAGA world people, the Bible-thumping, gun-toting Republicans. They're all the same. They're all troublemakers. Not those sweet purple-haired people, though. They're just so nice. (laughs) I'll knock it off. Uh, There's a lot of threats when you step back and you think about it, ranging from the weather to the border to Russia throwing a nuclear weapon at us. I don't really see any of these cataclysmic events. Not in all likelihood. Now, before some of you, you know, I, I know with the fear porn, what does it mean? <laughs> Calm down. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm well prepared for all of that. Trust me. 
And, and even myself, I've told you this, with everything going on, I'm looking at the level of preparedness. I mean, how far do you go? I mean, at some point, you just got to get out, right? Like, if you're in Gaza right now, I'm like, you got to just get out. You know, Ukraine, you got to just get out. That, that real estate is about to transfer. How do you even know what side to choose? You could be caught in the middle of conflict forever. Who wants to stick around in a war zone for 10 years? You're not even a combatant. You just got to live through it. So what is the proper level of preparedness? This isn't directly security, but I think it's all in the same. And I'll tell you very simply how you want to do this. I have a book mostly written, Rugged Survivor. This is the kind of thing I would like to put out in PDF and audio. Not go through a publisher, not go through all that, and just sell it myself for people who are interested. But let me give you the gist of how you want to do your planning. What happens is, you know, people get, get riled up by the news, they run to Costco, and they buy toilet paper and paper towels. Now, everybody knows how vitally important toilet paper and paper towels are, so I don't want to take anything away from that. <laughs> but you might want to also prepare yourself <laughs> with a few other things, okay? Uh, such as water. <laughs> People are buying 16-ounce water bottles. You know, they get two cases. All right, we're good to go. No, you're not. <laughs> not even close. There's been no thought put into any of that. They, they got a big cartload of stuff at Costco. Like, we should be good for a while, right? Not really, my friend. You're in big, big trouble. Big, big. Tr- the fact that you even have to go do that uh, is an indication. Now, you may have a hurricane coming. You're down in Louisiana. You've lived through it a week without power without water, and you say, yeah, we're going to go load up on a couple pallets of water, you know what I mean. I get it. I do. Um, But even there, I'm prepared with water. I'm getting a little low right now. We probably got, I don't know, a month on hand, just looking at the size of it in there. I keep one-gallon jugs stacked in the well room. We cycle through it. We don't always drink our well water. Why is that? Oh, I could go into a whole diatribe about that. I'm actually replacing the filter with a um, much higher density sediment filter, but I, I probably should add a carbon filter as well. Do like I probably in my case, there's so much sediment in, in my water. I should probably be doing like a triple filter setup if I was going to do it right. Uh, but I'm not doing that because I don't mind drinking. I think a little sediment is good for. <laughs> A little sediment in your water is good. It makes me, like, metallic, I think. I don't know. It's probably not that good for you now that I think about it. But uh, Anyway, uh, why did I bring that up? Water storage. What you want to do is you want to take a, a list. Food, water, shelter, heat. Heat, if you're in very hot, dry, water, cooling, ability to cool down, going to become equally as important. Right, if you're in the middle of the desert, you might want those ice pack things. Like I have a huge stock of like hand warmers of various sizes. I mean, what do we have all that for. Like, man, you get wet and cold, and you're outside and can't get inside. You ever been in that situation where you have nowhere to go? I have. There's at least twice that popped right into my mind. Once we're out in the tractor, way out on the farm, cutting firewood, and my hands got bad cold when I was a kid. My father taught me how to warm them up by the tractor. It would have taken hours to get back to the house and then come back out. It would have been ridiculous. 
I wouldn't have been able to walk. We would, my father would have had to pack everything back up on the tractor. Wasn't an option. You got to figure it out. I think it was that my hands got wet or something like that. I forget. But oh, I was hurting. I was hurting. And then uh, my time deployed, sleeping cold. You can't get warm. You got nowhere to go. You got nothing else to put on. That was bearable. I've never really been in a case where I was like, you know, fell in the water. And I have been wet in the winter, but never where I was in danger or anything like that. You get caught, you know, in your car and you're walking home in the dark and you get suddenly get wet. And damn, now you're, you're in trouble in a situation like that. Don't laugh a couple of hand warmers. Anyway, it's very simple. Write down the categories of things that you need down. And then across, you're going to write one day, one week, one month, two months, three months. How much do you need? All right? How much? You're going to need a gallon of water a day per person. You got pets? They're going to need water. You better start thinking about that number. Where are you going to get that? You know, in public water supply, you're going to take for granted that it's always going to be there. Now, it's got to take like a combined problem to create, you know, where you can't go get it to replace it, right? Anyway, let's get back to the security thing a second. You want to do the same thing in terms of security. What kind of security are you coming? Everybody thinks firearms. That's just really one small piece of the puzzle, and I mean that in so many ways. There are much better choices of defense that you can ensure. And the first is I can't preach this to you enough. In this day and age, if you do not have sensors and cameras on your property, you are taking a foolish risk. You can buy this stuff today for nothing. You can easily set it up. It's all not completely reliable. It's not the Pentagon, but it's very reliable. You say, well, I guess uh, a savvy criminal's going to go. Yeah, well, at least the 90% that aren't that savvy, or at least the 2% of the savvy ones that get a little sloppy, you're going to get them. And don't think that I don't have multiple levels on that. That final step is the dogs. Nothing gets with A fox goes through. I kid you not. I witnessed all this. A fox. I, I hear the dog bark. And I see one of the motion lights go on near the bedroom window. I jump up to see. I thought maybe we had a coyote. It could have been, actually. It had, this is like a cat out there. A fox jumped up on the dogs heard that. They're amazing between the three of them. You, you can't do anything without them knowing. It is crazy. So we have multiple layers. Good luck. Even then, I look at the vulnerabilities. But that's a huge step you have to take. Lighting is another close uh, second. We ha- I had installed four double-head floods on each corner of the house. We have others as well. We have uh, two, four, six door lights, double door lights. And we also have um, at least two other sets of floods. But... These four at each corner of the house are on one switch right outside the bedroom. We hear something. Now, we use it for other purposes, by the way. People are coming over. we got to go outside. I'm getting a new air conditioner. I got had the guy over Tuesday night. We had to go outside to look at the compressor. We turned the lights on. He put them in. Uh, but it's very it's that alone 
You hear the dog, whoop, whoop, boom. I think when I'm not home, my wife leaves them on all night. <laughs> it's a huge deterrent. You can't get near this house. It's like a stadium down here. I don't know. Let me tell you some of the things that are going on. You decide for yourself how you want to prepare. Oh, let me mention this real quick. I think in terms of security, you have to think in terms of numbers and distance, right? You know, what are you going to do if a crowd of angry people like that St. Louis thing is coming through? Hmm, you got to be able to think long and hard about that. And if you're going to engage in a situation like that, you better think that through real, real good. You want to have a safe room? Would you rather go that route? All these things are good options. You want to harden your target, but you want to think in terms of, of um, distance and number, right? The closer the distance and the higher the number of perpetrators, <clears throat> the more trouble you're in. Distance being the first one, because distance is going to affect your time, right? You're not going to always have your, your means of protection on you and immediately ready to go. You may be sleeping, you may be on the toilet. Having a little advance notice is huge, especially in the middle of the night when these things go on. That distance creates time. It also allows you to throw on the lights. You know, you hear the, the guy's trying to get in the door, bing, dogs are barking. It's not. It's no longer a soft target. The whole equation just changed. Meanwhile, I've got <clears throat> a ten-round magazine, a double lot, and slugs in my uh, AR frame, twelve gauge. Good luck getting through the house with me on the other end of that. You could even be on the other side of a door. And that's too where I talk about time and distance. Now, <clears throat> if I thought somebody was in the house, which isn't going to happen. I would go to a different different defense system. I'm not going to go into all that on the podcast for a variety of different reasons. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. But distance and number, right? If I felt that there was a serious threat, a high number of individuals, and they were on the property, it's going to be that 12-gauge with probably my pistol in my pocket and a knife if I have time to get it all. I absolutely would. I don't know. At that point, I might drop. If if I wasn't sure of the number of them, I might drop down to the 30-round 5.56. Five, and you say, this is nuts. You have all that ready to go? Uh-huh. I do. And could I have it ready on the sound of an alarm? You break through that plane on the first alarm. Could I get up out of bed and be ready with it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm that serious about it. Now, there's a whole other approach when you're out in public and things like that. And I think you got to think this through. You're not going to have access to whatever tools you may have in the house. And by the way, there's a there's a whole litany of other things I have staged throughout the house. Good luck, somebody. As I said, I don't even. I leave the doors unlocked. One day, my wife gets upset. The garage doors open. I'm like, hey, come on in. I mean, you're gonna be. <laughs> but first of all, even if I'm a little slow, you better hope those dogs don't get on you. That pit bull gets a hold of you. You're gonna have a big. You're gonna, believe me, you're gonna be crying to stop. I promise you that. I've seen it. Ah. <laughs> uh funny how life is right you got to be smart you got to be smart i think that's the key to security the mindset is everything and i can't say this enough you're not me all right you get into a knife fight i'm comfortable i'm not, i don't want to say i'm comfortable in a knife fight i know how to conduct myself in a knife fight gunfight how to conduct myself in a knife fight 
fist fight at this point in my life, I, I would I would cry. No, he's not a face. I could probably still take a punch. I just know that the recover. But you know, from my, my shoulder, uh, my what do you call it? I just it's as you get older. And the other thing is, the younger guys are just inherently faster. I don't care strength, power. I don't know, but. Uh, old guys, we get up there past 50, I don't care who you are, you're just not reacting as quickly as your younger brethren. That's not true either, by the way. You can work on that. We let ourselves get lazy. Anyway, a uh, couple things. Um, near uh, Washington, D.C., city is considering removing police from property crime investigations. Uh, who would they turn them over to? They always want to come with these notes, and they're not going to, uh, you know, look into property crimes anymore. So if somebody comes and steals something from you, uh, they're not going to investigate it anymore. Now, what's really behind this? Now, maybe this is a police saying, "Look, if you're not going to put cameras on your property, we're not going to bother either." It's just a waste of time. I think is what it amounts to. I'll just say this. These low-level crimes, when you allow the one of the first tenets of reducing crime from a government perspective is to take away the place where it occur. So, for example, alarms, notifications, security. There's not going to be any crime taking place on my property. Not likely. You know, now my neighbor two doors up that never leaves a light on doesn't have a dog and lives by himself and probably falls asleep drunk with his hand down his pants every. Oh, sorry, was that allowed? Um, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing in there, but it's a little weird to me that there's not even a light on. That guy's like a serious target there. Nobody would even nobody would be dead for days. Nobody would know what happened. Take away the police. Well, the same thing. They're going to say they're not going to investigate property crimes. So why do I mention this? Why would you care what's going on in Washington, D.C.? It's already a hellhole. Well, it's only going to get worse. But you should know that then they're going to use this as an argument to bring it to your town. And they tried it in Washington, D.C., and there was a 40% reduction in property crimes. Yeah, because they don't investigate them anymore. There's been a lot of talk about a second, a second, yeah, a second uh, civil war. They say it would be a second American civil war if we had another one. Really, it would kind of be a third. Because if you know anything about the history, the Revolutionary War was essentially a civil war as well. And both wars, the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, were awfully, awfully ruthless. I would say as, as far as carnage is concerned and disruption, this one has got to be near tops, depending on how it would play out. And you see some indications of this kind of thing, right? The Texas border stuff and the shipping the migrants around and this and that, but that story kind of dried up quickly, right? Yeah, nobody really wants to go in that direction. But what could lead to a civil war? Well, I don't know, leaving Trump off the ballot, for example. What would be the impact of all that on the country, the world? You could see a serious free-for-all, like a rapid collapse. And that any kind of collapse, whether it's a grid-down scenario or a civil war or a nuclear war, that's where you're really going to fall back on your preparation and reliance and tools. You start getting into a whole new depth of things. I have to tell you, if you're not prepared at all or if you're just a little bit prepared, I wouldn't think in terms of Armageddon. I try to recommend that because it just becomes overwhelming. And it does you no good to have enough weapons and ammo to survive the great uh, poltergeist uh, invasion 
But, you know, if you don't have the ability to stay warm, you could be dead in hours, water, days, food, weeks. So, you know, not having proper shoe wear to, to navigate these things. You say, what do you mean? How many people, if there was a societal breakdown, breakdown, have proper footgear that they could rely on for a few years that they could have to be walking around all over the place? Do you realize what a big deal that is? Just think about that little logistic issue of shoes and stop making shoes. Hmm. You don't think it's a problem? Massive, massive problem. Disease, problems. Fact that probably death would occur from it. I kid you not. I don't know. Anyway, the idea of a civil war, I don't really see these things happening. I'm not a big, like I said, apocalypse believer. Whether it's a civil war, nuclear war, I don't see the resolve. I know there's a lot of threats going on. And like I said, I'm not saying it can't happen. I am prepared for this stuff as best I can. Plans, checklists, we've thought it through. We could always do better. We think that uh, think about it regularly. Story here, Miley said that they knew that the Chinese spy balloon was collecting data over the United States, but lied about it to the American public. Well, this is all part of the two-rule rule, where there's one set of rules for Miley and one set of rules for you. You see, if you were lie to the government, they would string you up by your little pinky toes. Government can freely lie to you, though. It's not an issue, and somehow we accept that as okay. Um story here from Business Insider featuring a parent who uh, chose to homeschool her children due to stress and gun violence in schools. Uh, let me see here something real quick. I, sh- I hate when I don't have these right. I think of these things at the last minute. I'm going to see where this was if they have it. Quit my job to pull my kids out. It was a classroom teacher in Texas. Gun violence in the school system's disregard for the staff's well-being convinced her to homeschool her two kids. Um, I don't doubt the claims, by the way. I don't doubt the claims. There was disregard. The politicalization of our education system, this is what you get. I'll make the same argument. I think this is a anti-gun propaganda here, but I am absolutely pro-security for schools. Simple solution is metal detectors, just like they have in the inner city schools. I keep seeing new updates on this. Here's another threat for you. This whole Israel-Gaza thing. Here's another one, by the way. Remember in the beginning, oh, the Palestinians, there's millions of them here. They're going to take down the world. This is the beginning of the end. And none of that has happened. Even uh, this joke of a Senator Fetterman Laughed at them. Remember, they were doing, Fetterman, Fetterman, you can't hide. You are guilty of genocide. And and and, and you had all these uh, pundits out there. Oh, ooh, they said genocide. And um, he's out there waving the Israeli flag, just laughing at them. What did they do? Nothing. Didn't do anything. The, uh, you know, Iran, the Houthis, what's going on with all that? It's all kind of. Dried up and went away. You know how this works, by the way. Like the, the American military goes in and funds these groups to stir up trouble so that our military can go in and destroy them and look like heroes. I think that's what's really going on. The bottom line is you really do have the makings of a terrorist empire over there. 
think about it from their perspective. I mean, what direction would you go? Probably be looking for retribution as well. And, I, and I'm not siding with Gaza, by the way. I hope I'm not sounding like that. You know, Israel, either they had to hey, ac- fight or acquiesce. And at this point, it's been going on so long. So, you know, if we don't take these guys out completely, this is never going to go away. Is that going to work? I don't know. Christmas Eve mall shooting in Colorado. What do I want to say about this? Obviously, it's, uh, you know, from two months ago or whatever. Who cares? Uh, first of all, don't go to malls. That would be the first thing. I don't go to theaters anymore. I really won't. I eh, just don't feel comfortable in there at all. Don't want to deal with it for a lot of reasons. Um, malls, I just see no reason to go to a mall anymore. As far as uh, any dealing with any security risks in those venues, um, I mean, you really got to try and quickly assess what's going on in the mall. Hopefully you've got multiple escape routes typically you have the ability to get away and i think you just got to make sure that you don't if you run standing up you're going to run into a problem you got to quickly get behind some cover and completely down on the ground and crawl like a worm and just scoot away until you can get to where you can run and and there too you got to assess if it's a pistol you know you can get you know you can put a hundred feet between you and a pistol um you know, you can you could probably have a pretty good chance of getting away from most shooters. If it's a rifle, you're going to have to handle that quite a bit differently. And then the ballistics, of course, as far as any kind of uh, shielding are going to be different and all that. So with all that, sometimes you got to consider whether just playing possum is the right approach. I love fire extinguishers as a weapon of opportunity. Set the fire alarm off immediately if you can. That is going to enact a loud alarm and strobe. It's going to be very disorienting. Create chaos to counter the chaos is what I would do. But you got to be strong. I mean, that's not going to be everybody either. Me, I'm going to throw that fire alarm. If my wife and daughter are running away and it's shoot, I'm going to you go. As soon as you hear that alarm you and you see the, that fire extinguisher go off, you get behind this planter and you run as fast as you can. That's what I would tell And I would go towards the shooter, something like that. And I would just blast them with that thing. I wouldn't do it quite that linear, but you get what I'm saying? I don't know. You'd have to weigh the the situation. You don't know what it's going to be. It's going to come up quickly. Russia to deploy the newest howitzers against Ukrainian forces. More artillery while our our, uh, own military is reducing its artillery. You didn't listen to the radio show on Monday. I had a great conversation about this. I spoke all day about the radio show yesterday. I'm not going to interject again today. But this subject uh, was definitely something I talked about in in the sad state of affairs in our military. You might want to check it out. Gaza war puts the United States' extensive weapons stockpile and Israel under scrutiny. What does that mean? How much of our money is tied up? Oh, no. (laughs) What are the ethical implications of our armed support to Israel? It's our weapons. Hmm. Russia going to ask the same thing. Uh, Washington lawmaker and ex-convict presents a bill allowing judges to shorten sentences for felons. More cozying up to criminals, but somehow Trump is the bad guy. None of these things create law and order. Uh, Bill Gates is working on a... Um, 
digital ID program in Kenya. This is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Digital ID system. I mean, we basically already have it. You know, it almost would be better centralized, but I guarantee it would just be a house of horrors. I just signed up for ID Me. I had resisted it, and a buddy of mine told me to do it. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know what to say, this verification of who you are in a digital world, because you're not dealing with people. It's a little freaky to me that we're gonna, the, the machine has to confirm who we are before you can move forward with anything. I'd run. The U.S. narrative flip on Ukraine heats up. Are we going to fund them or not? I, don't, I think it's strained. How to survive a nuclear attack. I was going to go through this guide a little bit, but we don't have time. Is it something that you should be prepared for? I am not. Be frank about it. Maybe I should be. Biden administration sidesteps Congress again for emergency arms sale to Israel. When do they ever follow any democratic process? Never really. Uh, This was interesting. Event 201. I got it right from the John Hopkins website, by the way. No conspiracy. Event 201, John Hopkins Center for Health Security. An overview of Event 201, a pandemic simulation exercise conducted by Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Wow. Very interesting, wouldn't you say? Who is Generation Alpha? They're the next generation after my son, who's Z. Amazing. I can't believe it. The next generation's coming. There's a lot of great kids out there. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.